What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 12th Take Podcast, as always. I'm your host, Ben. I'm joined with my good friend, Anthony. Uh, how are you doing, Anthony? We're doing, we're doing. We're we're kind of biding our time until, you know, March Madness, NFL free agency, you know. End of, mid to end of March is pretty exciting. We're just we're just in a little little week lull here. So Yeah, I th- it's this little lull. I think between the Super Bowl and before March Madness, that little stretch right there, it's really just the NBA and NHL, and those are probably the like most boring time of year for those two seasons. Yeah, just but, because uh, you, you know you're sort of just holding out for the playoffs. Uh, like we know who's good, we know who's bad. Um, especially for us, as far as being Boston guys, it's like, yeah, this, we got the Celtics, but we pretty much know. Whereabouts they'll finish in the playoff race. Same thing with the Bruins, we pretty much know where they'll finish in the playoff race. And it's like, it's it's not really like they're not really fighting for like seeding or anything. So it's kind of tough to wait. Yep, yep. Um, and so yeah, that's why today, you know, there was some talk about, hey, why don't we break down some playoff races or stuff like that? But you know, what is there to talk about really in terms of? This year, I mean, sure, uh, you know, Spurs versus Clippers, who ends up having to face Golden State and who gets maybe an easier challenge with the Nuggets. You know, th- that's a meaningful discussion, but how many of those really are there in the NBA right now? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty boring. And I don't know, I guess up until like a couple weeks ago, we could have like discussed like the race for the eighth seed in the West, but that's pretty much that in stone now, too. So. Yeah, and yeah, sure. who the hell wants to talk about in the East? Am I right? Yeah. I um, mean, that's that's technically a race, but it's it doesn't matter. So what we're gonna do instead is take a little bit more of a future look because, well, we, we just named a lot of those teams. I think there's a there's a middle ground in the NBA that is sort of at a crossroads, right? We we know what Portland's doing. We know what you know, uh, the 76ers are doing, but what, what, what the heck are, you know, the, uh, the Timberwolves doing, right? How should they approach this year and going forward? And so that's going to be the point of this podcast today. We're going to break down, um, the NBA's middle class and what they should be doing this season and the summer and and where their franchise should be going. Um, isn't that right, Anthony? Yeah, because uh, there's you know there's ten, generally two classes in the NBA. There's the contending class and the tanking class, and that that middle ground's always tricky. So we just want to debate: should you blow it up? Should you compete? Like, what what are the things you have to do to get in the best possible position moving forward? Yeah, yeah. So let's let's start out west, okay? All right, I like that. I like that. And we're going to start from the bottom, the, the, the lowest Western Conference team we're going to talk about. And maybe it's one of the more obvious ones, but it's up to yours it's not, and that's the Pelicans. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's obvious in the sense that you obviously think they got to blow it up, but it's not obvious in the sense that how you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because there's some rumors they want to compete after AD, and 
you know, they they want you know younger players, but established players back and and what have you. And there's also some some decently you know some decent players on the roster. I mean, you know, Drew Holiday, uh, Julius Randle, uh, you know, um, and also some overpaid players too, like like Solomon Hill and uh, stuff like that. So they, there is some some debate on this team, to say the least. Yeah, just looking at, I don't know, just looking at who they're giving money to next year, it's it's a lot of money to very few players. Like, they don't have a lot of players under contract next year, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then after that, their, their salary obligation is, obligation is basically done. It's basically after, Drew Holiday. After that, it's Drew Holiday, and that's it. That's, that's, actually, that's actually it. Just, yes. Uh, you get Drew Holiday for 26, Solomon Hill for 13, Etwan Moore for 8.5. Uh, even... I don't anticipate Julius Randle opting out this summer, but he could. Yeah, that that is going to be interesting. I, I think he could go either way, honestly. It, it's a weird situation, I think, for him because he could very easily stay in. He'll be probably the second best player on the team, depending on who they trade Anthony Davis for and all that stuff. So he could put up big numbers next year and then get another big, big contract. Or he's had a decent year this year where you say, all right, I'm going to opt out. I'm going to take, I don't know, a longer-term deal with, like, decent money. Like, he could very easily get paid, like, four years, like, $60 million, and that's, like, decent money, or take a risk and possibly try to earn more than that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is interesting. But he's a decent player, terrible defender, but, like, puts up good numbers, like, relatively, of course. I mean, you terrible know? defender, but I feel I feel like if he was if he went to, like, not even like a good team, but just a team with like a good, good coach. Like they, they could turn his defending into not a plus, but just a, a neutral. Yeah, I mean, if right, you put him on Utah, he's no worse defensively than Derek Favors, and they still have a pretty good defense with Derek Favors in there. Yeah, because he's, I don't know, just watching him play, he definitely, he's always been someone I've liked as far as just effort-wise and stuff like that goes. He just seems to lose his head. Yeah, it seems to be the mental engagement is the kind of problem. Um. Just, just isn't always there. So, so this team, they obviously got to trade Anthony Davis. Uh, they got to get younger. They got to try to get draft picks. And my eyes, um, you know, Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart are all well and good. Um, but a team of Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart um, is do, is doomed to end up in Seattle. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I think there's there's two ways this you you blow this up and. The two ways are you, you trade uh, trade through Holiday and then you just get like stupid bad and you just you tank beyond all tanking belief. Uh, I don't know how you can move on from that contract. I mean, highly possible. Or somehow you just keep Drew Holiday. You still have room to just take on bad contracts and you wait out that extra Drew Holiday year or, or two. Try to still kind of tank, but then you just you push back the rebuild, which I don't think they can do because they're such a bad situation as far as just fan interest. Being, yeah, you can't. Yeah, tell your fans to wait that long. 
if if you know if there was some chance I thought that they could like re-sign Drew Holiday and actually build something there and like be the eight seed at West, I'm like, sure, you know what, maybe maybe in that market you have to do that. But I honestly think you gotta bottom out for two years. And I don't honestly I don't think it would take much longer than two years, um, not including this year. Um if you got good draft picks for Davis and Drew Holiday. And even I, I bet you could get if you traded Etwan Moore and took back some bad salary, which is not like he makes much, so you couldn't take back that much. I bet you could get a late first rounder, honestly. Maybe that's pushing it, but depends. Yeah, it have to be. Um. So, you know, I I think they could they could they could do that. Um. And I think Drew Holiday, honestly, my prediction is I think Drew Holiday could be sought after this summer because I think there are a lot of teams that the free agency is going to impact them. They think they're getting a free agent. They lose a free agent. Um, they're not on the market for a free agent, but they want to upgrade their roster without you know, doing anything with a salary cap. Um, maybe a Toronto or something like that. I don't know. Um so I think Drew Holiday will have a lot of value this summer, and I think it would be a waste to just not move on from him because his value is only going to get lower as he approaches the end of his contract. Yeah. And that's weird because his contract becomes a player option 2021-22, and I don't anticipate him turning down $27 million. So I, that feels like a I'll pick that up type of deal. Depends Unless, where he's at. I, I said like, I was going to finish. Yeah, depending... And if he gets traded to a team that ends up being like bad, I could definitely see him being like, "I've made enough money, let me opt out and get to a good situation." What if what if he goes to like a Houston or Boston or maybe even Philly in some weird weird thing or <laughs> the return? Yeah, so something some contender that that like just sort of packages together some salary. I could see him in that sense extending for less money. I mean, it might not be a literal extension; it might be decline that. Um, Make a little bit less money, but get a longer term deal. I could yeah. see someone with his injury history, uh, be willing to accept less money in the short term for more money long term. Um, but I don't think that's really all that relevant. To be honest with you, he's uh, he's really intriguing to me because I think his he has really high value as being one of like one of the only like guards in this league that legitimately can play both guard positions and play them both really well. And both ends of the floor as well. Yep. Like both guard positions, both ends of the floor. I, I don't know how many guys can really like, say that. Obviously, I think you'd probably rather have him as a two guard and have a really good point guard next to him. But I, I do think that that's still incredible value because that's such a difficult position to fill nowadays to have a, a legit two guard that's not just going to either spot up or not be able to shoot worth a, worth a damn. And he, he does both. As far as I go the other way. Shooting. I think I think you want him as your point guard when you have a, like a ball dominant wing. So I think I think honestly either either works, but um, I think yeah, his versatility is pretty both, valuable. Both I'm just yeah, I'm just thinking as far as most teams nowadays, it's becoming such a guard dominant league that most of the good teams that would actually want to trade for Drew Holiday probably already have like a really good point guard. Yeah, that's probably true. put him next to him at two guard. Yeah. All right. So, and then this year, obviously, New Orleans should be bottoming out, which they've kind of already started to do. But yeah. um, 
not enough. Yeah, def- definitely not enough. But there's only there's only so much bottoming that they can yeah. do. Yeah. Considering just how terrible the bottom like three or four teams are it's, in the league. Yeah, it's hard to catch them. Um, so all right, let's move up to the West. Um, and it's uh, Anthony Davis's parent club, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. You mean uh, parent club is in like his his dad his dad works there his, his dad plays for them. Oh, Jesus, no, I was referring Papa. to the soccer term where uh, where you loan a player to a club and uh, therefore you you your contract is is owned by one team but you play for a different team. Oh. Um. Because yeah, I think I think that's what the Lakers need to do. They need to, heck, if the Pelicans aren't going to bottom out completely, then the Lakers got to do it. Get the best draft pick they can. That way, they can trump any offer. Yeah, I mean, not literally any offer, but like, if the Lakers get a top three pick, top four pick, plus Ingram, Kuzma, Hart. Future picks. Let me, put, let me put it to you this way: if if the Lakers get like the second overall pick, I'm calling shenanigans. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, that's that's a frozen envelope type of shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, but their season right now is led done. Uh, <laughs> is all over. Uh, uh, it's led done after a late minutes restriction happened. Yeah. Uh, um. Which is, it was kind of weird watching, uh, I'm not going to lie, one of the weirdest things I've seen this season was like the whole LeBron passing Jordan in the all-time scoring list. Like everyone like clapping, big moment for LeBron. Then you look at the scoreboard and they're down by like 15. Yeah, not great. That's that's just a, that's a tough look. I've, I've been really happy to see people turn on Magic the GM. Because I think he's I, been an absolutely terrible GM. We, we, we were pretty hesitant when that happened when they announced that. If I remember correctly. Yeah. In some we were. some our early podcasting days, just saying like, we don't want to condemn this move now, but let's let's not say he's going to be the greatest GM ever because he was a great basketball player. I so. mean, you you look at his moves, and besides drafting Kuzma and drafting Hart, there's very few successes. I mean, I mean, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be yeah. that hard of a, a job. You're the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers, arguably the most desirable free agent destination in the entire league. Somehow you scared away Paul George, and your best free agent signing last year was Rajon Rondo. Well, in addition to LeBron, you mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, the LeBron thing, yeah, I guess, I don't know, that felt premeditated. Yeah. Oh. Wait, that's all Magic's done is tamper. And he's got fined Not a bunch. Not well, either. Yeah, because he just keeps getting fined. Um, There's plenty of GMs out there who tamper quite well. And you know who they are? I don't know. That's the point. They do a good job of it because we don't know exactly who's tampering when and how. It's just not been good. So that's that's what the Lakers got to do. They got to – you know, it's funny. Uh, I saw on, on Reddit, too. And basically, Jeannie Buss like kicked out her brother, saying like you're doing a terrible job, and she's done no better. That's yeah, bad. Like, I mean, by all accounts, she's like more likable than her brother, but like that, she's not actually running the team better. Yeah, it's it's been a 
a shit show. Like, congratulations, you've got LeBron James. He was going there regardless of anything. Like, that wasn't uh, any move other than LeBron wanted to go to LA and play for the Lakers. Like, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think the Lakers going forward, they got to move off of their GM. Um, that's what I would do if I were them. Which another bad thing about hiring Magic Johnson as your GM is uh, when you fire him, you fired Magic Johnson. Yeah, that's not a great look. He's technically not the GM. Let's get that straight. Yeah, it's technically on what's-his-face, right? Polinka? Yeah, Rob Polinka. Yeah. So maybe Polinka should be blamed. I don't know. Um, Which I guess is why you make Rob Polinka the actual GM is so you can fire him without having to fire Magic Johnson. Yeah. Still. Um, Bad. It's it's also on lead GM as well. And I don't care what LeBron says, what everybody says, oh, LeBron isn't in there doing it. I'm sorry. The one time LeBron had a strong GM in, in, in the heat, they made good moves. I don't think it's a coincidence that when there's weaker GMs and weaker president of basketball ops that are more likely to listen to a superstar and cave to his wishes, I don't think it's a coincidence that those are the guys that keep screwing up. Even if your argument is, oh, LeBron, he just let the Lakers do what they want. Like, he didn't have any say in this. It's like, okay, that's fine. LeBron is powerful enough that he could have had a say, and he could have been like, what the fuck are you doing? And he also knows what's up. He could have chosen a good GM. Yeah. Like, this is my whole big problem with people jumping from team to team. I get it, dude. If you get drafted to some crappy team and you got to go move to have successful basketball, that's fine. But when you then leave that situation where you have a good coach, you have a good GM, that's where I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, yeah, you're unhappy. No shit. Because you just left the place that could keep you happy. And it's not just LeBron that does that. I think we're going to see that this summer too. Where the, these guys, they just... Oh, my team sucks. Well, well guess what? You just, you just left the place with the good, the good GM that could build a good team around you. Boy, these guys don't get it. But um, I don't know. That's kind of a little thing on my part. But They, they do have a metric fuck ton of cap space this summer though. They do. They do. They I... I'm sure with the order of operations, they can sign someone into the cap space, then trade for AD. And then you got a big three in LA. And start, and role <laughs> players are going to want to take, take less to go play there, and you can build a contender. So it's not doom and gloom for the Lakers. It's just they haven't done many things right recently. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I get annoyed with it, but it's also hilarious when you just look like retroactively at like what teams could have had or whatever. Like we do it a lot with like trades. Like we did it with the um Markel Fultz trade. So it was like, oh what did the Sixers trade for Markel Fultz and then what did they end up with or whatever. Another funny one is to just look at like the Los Angeles Lakers and like who they could have drafted and who they ended up drafting. Yeah, and it's like it, it's in, it was entirely feasible that this team has like Jason Tatum and D'Angelo Russell on it still and like that's a that's a good team at this point. Yeah, what if they had Zubac instead of Mike Muscala? Like, wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be fun. You could replace a crappy player like Mike Muscala with a young center who makes free throws and is active and does good things for you. Wouldn't that be great, Anthony? That would be absolutely glorious. 
like, I don't think enough has been said. I mean, Stephen A. just said it today. And so if Stephen A. says it, it'll go viral, of course. Um, but Stephen A. just brought it up today. Like, just how bad of a trade that was. And I really appreciate Stephen A. Because you know it pains Stephen A. to say something like that. Yeah, to hurt LeBron. I mean, he's spent magic. many... Men he have spent many an hour with, many a time hanging out with. In the shower. Great friends they are. That is... Yeah, almost utterly blasphemous. Uh, yeah, that that trade's terrible. It's it's not. <laughs> it it's weird because it's not gonna get the publicity it deserves. Because like, Zubac isn't exactly like the world's great biggest name, and neither of those players like make a lot of money. But it's it's not good. Yeah, you don't think New Orleans would have appreciated a nice Zubac throwing to sweeten up a deal this summer? Yeah, at, like at this point, why are you getting rid of? I don't know, just young players that could potentially that are that are assets, like they're assets. Yeah, just a throw, waste in, throw, throw ins are still like assets as far as like just you know, like you said, deal sweeteners. Because guess what, the Lakers are going to have a lot of just deal sweeteners and throw ins because they don't have unless this draft pick turns out great, they don't really have that one insane asset. So the more sweeteners you got, the sweeter it's going to be. You know, like it might matter. So. Um, especially if that's the one sweetener that the Pelicans or a third team really want. You know, if the, if if there's a team out there that really rates Zubac and could move something else, the Pelicans that the Pelicans really wanted, or you know, you just never know. I just doesn't make sense. It, it is actually hilarious to me though to look at who who makes the second most money on the team next year. Like obviously before they sign free agents. You know who that is? Lonzo Ball, I bet. Yeah, it's Lonzo Ball with yeah. eight point seven million dollars. Yeah, the, the rookies from that class make a lot of money. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, the good news for them is Brandon Ingham's looked pretty good these past few weeks. So that he if he keeps it up throughout the rest of the year, that becomes a centerpiece in an AD deal? Yeah, it could be. It absolutely could be. I don't know. It it I, I'm still worried from the Pelicans of just being like, yeah, Brandon Ingram's like all we need just because of how inconsistent he's he's been. Yeah. All right, let's move on. And before our audience just says, wow, you're going to say every team should blow it up and tank. Guess what, Anthony? I got a team right here that I don't think should tank and I don't think should blow it up. That's the Timberwolves. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for this team to really just absolutely blow it up. Now, do they have... Contracts and stuff they should probably try to get out of and, you know, probably take some risks. Yeah, yeah, they, sh- they should. But this, this team next year shouldn't, shouldn't try to get the number one overall pick. That, that'd be ridiculous. Lordy, lordy, lordy. They're paying Wiggins till 2023. Is that even Summer of 2020. Yeah, that's arguably not the worst contract on the team. I mean, direct your attention to Gorgie Jang. Yeah, it's just Wiggins is bigger and longer. Yeah, but... Goji Jang makes $16 million next year, $17 million the year after, and he'll be 30 and 31 those two years. Jesus, that's bad. Really bad. At least Wiggins plays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only the only case I would say for Sweeten is maybe then you can get us. Uh, sorry, the only case for tanking a little bit would be to get a better draft pick to sweeten up a dang for useful player trade. That'd be the only really reason why I'd say tank because they, this team doesn't draft well. 
even if they did, I, I don't really think they need anything. I think they just need to actually build around towns. Like they need to just find a coach that can actually build around towns. Yeah, I'm Towns is you got him on a contract for five five years starting next year. And he's still probably one of the at least a top five player under the age of twenty five, if not the best player under twenty five still in the league. So yeah, dude, there's no reason to blow this up. Yeah. And, and like Wiggins bad contract, but definitely a still has potential. Like if you actually got like a good coach there. Yeah. Like he could turn around and be probably not live up to that contract, but definitely make it not so it's bad. Yeah. I mean, in theory, Teague, Wiggins, Covington, Sarge, Towns is a playoff starting, like, is a playoff starting lineup. Yep. And so if you could just figure out how to build around that, get a good coach. I mean, they finally got rid of Thibodeau. I mean, it was a while ago now, but still, that was probably the most important thing they could do this year. Um, oh, yeah. That, you know? Um, uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I just, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, I think they got to push for the playoffs just because I think they need to install a winning culture here. Mm-hmm. I think they need to figure out. I think Towns still needs to figure out how to win basketball games. It's Wiggins too, and all those guys. So I, yeah, go go for it. Keep winning. Keep trying that. to win at least. I want them to. I want them to try to get Sarge an extension as soon as possible. I don't. I don't want him to go to free agency. No. Uh, no. Well, you have match rights, right? So, be too bad. But still, I don't. I don't know. He definitely feels like some someone who get overpaid. I think you get him on a not bargain deal, but definitely reasonable deal. Yeah. This fall. Uh. Let's. We can keep it moving though, because I think that team is fairly straightforward. Yeah. Um, it, it's beyond. I guess the next team's straightforward too. But I, I, you know, we could say with with a little bit of joy to it is the is the Kings. The, the King. That's. I mean, I really don't know what to say about this team because I'm just so perplexed as to how they became passable, to good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they're the, not. Where they go from here? Because because the argument. Would have been like we accepted them to blow ass, and I mean they they don't have the pick this year. <laughs> so good yeah. for them. But next year it's like they probably shouldn't tank next year just because you don't want to. I don't know. It's really bad to just play like shit when you have these young players. You want to instill a winning culture in. Yeah. But at the same time. Who on this team do you really think you can build around long term? Yeah, that's the thing. This team doesn't have uh, championship trajectory right now, unless you really got a lot of Fox and Bagley stock, which would be fine. Um, but this team just needs to get good. Like, even if their ceiling is a five seed, that's fine for this team. Uh, they've been so bad for so long, they just need something. Um, and they got so many good young guys. If one of them just all of a sudden takes a big leap next year, that's great. Like, like 
when games install winning culture, you know, Belder on Fox and Bagley and Heald, who's already 26. He's older than Marcus Smart by a year. Is he 26 or 27? But he's 26 right now. He might be turning 27 soon. Um, Marcus Smart. What? So let me check his birthday. Yeah. Is, is he older than Harrison Bards? That's what I wonder. Um, but Harrison Bards is an interesting one because he could be a free agent after this year. I'm sure he'll take that player option, though, right? Harrison Bards can't turn down $25 million, can he? No, no. Because um, he'll still get a decent contract after that, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he's young enough where, yeah, you're right. That would probably be perfect timing for him, honestly. Harrison uh, Barnes is like half a year older than Buddy okay. Hill. Born in the same year, but Buddy Hill's December, Harrison Barnes. But yeah, I mean, they got a nice little core. They got a couple guys in their mid twenties, like uh, Bogdanovich, who I like, Barnes, who I like, uh, Heald, who I like. Um, even Yogi Ferrell's a decent backup point guard in his mid twenties. Uh, Frank Mason also mid twenties, decent backup point guard. Um, then they got some younger guys who 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 have upside or have already shown it in, in Harry Giles, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley. Um, you know, even Caleb Swatting, I guess, could turn it around. I don't know. Um, so certainly, you know, they'll have cap space this summer, uh, at least some, it looks like. So, yeah, I don't know. Just, just keep going. Keep doing something. I mean. I'll be interested to see what they do with their cap space. Is I feel like they could either go out, overpay for, like, a, a, a good, uh, slightly above average player and, like, really try to make a run at this thing, really try to instill a culture. Well, they could just take on, like, a bad contract and, like, keep keep um keep around the same record kind of tread water for one more year but just get another asset with a bad contract and then see what they I wouldn't mind pay- overpaying Tobias Harris to be perfectly honest with you I like that I like that fit to be honest yeah I'm trying to think I think I think that's where I would go if I were them um oh I I didn't even, did I even mention Willie Cauley-Stein for that mid 20s good player cuz I should have I like Willie Cauley-Stein those contracts up after this year. It is, but they have match rights. I don't think they'll match. Yeah, I think I think he wants out, and they have other young guys at that position. Um, but um, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, maybe they could even sign a trade him or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, interesting team there. Um, so let's keep moving then. Yeah. Uh, Clippers are next. Clippers, if you asked me a month ago, I, I would have said they should have tanked and got a good pick and good cap space to sign guys that want to play in L.A. but don't want to play with LeBron. And I feel still think they should do that second part, but if you're the eight seed, you take it, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to. Yeah. Like, they can't make it up, up enough ground now to make it matter. I mean... The 18th pick versus the, I don't know, 13th pick. Does it really make a difference? Not really. Not uh, I, think, I think for the Clippers, it's actually important to make the playoffs just to show competency for free agents this summer, to be honest with you. Because they have the absolute metric ton of cap space. And I think, I think this, this looks good on Doc Rivers. This looks good because they're going to have. They're still going to have a couple key pieces next year. That this is a good pitch for free agents. 
mm-hmm. very easily build a big two, if not big three, around, around what you have now. Yep. Yep. Really, the only money they have for next year is they have their their rookies, uh, Shamet, Jerome Robinson, and Shea Gillis Alexander. Uh, they have Montrose Harrell at six million. That's fine. It's a good contract. Lou Williams at eight million. Great contract. And then uh, Danilo Gallinari at a uh, twenty-two, uh, twenty-three million, which is a, a bit much, but they could certainly still sign guys in there. I mean, it's much, but the the important part of that contract is trade that contract. That's true. That's true. Like it's not out of the question for them for like someone to become available, and they're like, oh, look, look what happens. We we have this contract. We can we can match with get like a really good player. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I forgot actually. Zubac is a free agent this summer. Yeah, um, I, don't, so, I don't know. He's not exactly going to get a huge offer sheet, and I, yeah. I just assume I, I feel like he'll be back. No, bird rights. His bird rights should be quite small. Yep. Um. So, yeah, uh, and they have Jerry West too, which we can't sleep on that. Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, I I I saw a thread the other day, just like how impressive he has been as like a team builder. He hasn't always been in the GM position. But like he's had quite the impressive like executive career in my opinion. Yeah, like can we change like the NBA logo to like Jerry West instead of like playing basketball, like sitting behind a desk making phone calls? Yeah. Um that that should be his lasting legacy. Cause uh, like winning one NBA title. Basically, like wherever he's gone, it's it's like been good. Like when he was like the Lake, you know, running the Lakers as executive GM, whatever, good. Grizzlies, good. Warriors, awesome. Clippers, thus far, really, really, really good. We'll just ignore the the Grizzlies. I thought the Grizzlies were good for the most part. Not really. I mean. It's not. It wasn't the best job, but I wouldn't say it's bad. But it's not, you know, not great. He didn't build a contender or anything, but he turned Memphis into from nothing into something. I mean, con- considering who they have now, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought, I thought it looks decent. I'd say. I mean, I was wasn't watching basketball in 2003 but you know um but yeah can you believe chris wallace has been gm of the Grizzlies for over 10 years jesus dude chris wallace now that thibodeau is gone chris wallace is like number one two three four and five on my list of guys that should be fired i mean thibodeau used to keep up a couple of spots and now it's just Chris Wallace. That man's got to go. Um, but let's let's keep moving, I guess. Unless you have anything else to add about the Clippers. No, no. Just you know, look at, look at Jerry West, the true Lakers legend, being an actual good executive. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, and so the last team we're going to talk about in the West is. San Antonio, because after San Antonio, it becomes incredibly obvious what the teams should do. Um, because they're good now. 
Um, and I know the Spurs are playing decent basketball now, um, but I think they have a more questionable future. I mean, it, Spurs is weird. They have no cap space next year. They're basically going to have probably like the same team. I mean, you almost half expect the Spurs to just do the Spur thing and they just like find a random dude who's just going to out of nowhere next year and like help contribute to. Yeah. You can't really blow it up because you get two massive contracts and DeRozan and Aldridge you gotta pay. And you're way overpaying Patty Mills as well. So Yeah, Patty Mills is my dude, but man, did not age well. As expected, but he was always gonna be someone better in his 23, 24, 25, 26 years than his 27, 28, 29, 30 years, you know? Yeah, plus it's the weird weird situation where it's like, you know, you got players where it's like, hey, let's try to compete for so-and-so. Like, Dirk's example, like, most recently, it's like, hey, let's try to compete for Pop now because you got to do it for the coach. Yeah. I mean, they still have young guys that I still like their upside. DeJounte Murray. Um, Derek White's outperformed what anybody would expect. Lonnie Walker's. I don't really know what he's really done this year, to be perfectly honest with you. I have don't watch much San Antonio Spurs basketball. But people liked him coming out of the draft. Uh, Jakob Pertl, I had a lot of stock on. Hasn't really lived up to it, but hasn't been bad either. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess just build this team like a, the Spurs would. They don't really have any other option, right? Yeah, I know. Spurs development's so good, still that you just you just got to think some of these guys will, at some point, will just have a year where it's just like, whoa, look, so-and-so is averaging like 13 points on like, 55% true shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's... it's. I, I'd like to see them just somehow make a, make a nice big old trade, trade that Patty Mills contract. I, or maybe a little Marcus contract and like actually get like a younger good star to go with DeMar DeRozan Pop Pop could coach. Hey, I I told him last year they should have just tanked for Luca. You you did, but that was unrealistic, unfortunately. I know. Would have been great though. Would have been great. Although not that I'm unhappy with Luca's destination, but him with Pop would have been yeah. uh, delicious. Jeff's kiss. All right. So ready to move to the east? Let's move. Let's move over to the east. Or things I think I'm a little little murkier. Yeah, to some extent. So yeah, the bottom teams, the bottom four teams, we're just gonna skip over. Um, they're in the the lower class. They they're blowing up. They're tanking. Um, they As can they be should. ignored. As they should. Yeah, I think the Hawks and Bulls try to win too many games, but whatever. I mean, that happens, right? If you're trying to instill winning culture, sometimes you win a couple more games than you should, and uh, I think those teams are both aiming to do that. So whatever, it's fine. Um, which leaves us to the Wizards. And now the Wizards, we don't have any question of really what they should do, but it's just fun to mock the Wizards. Uh, it's fun to mock the Wizards for like once. Yeah. What would that reason be? Oh, man. My favorite contract in the league. John. Wait, what's his middle name? Because I, f- I feel like he deserves he deserves that with Hildred. that big of a contract. What is it? Hildred. Hildred. John Hildred Wall. Junior Jonathan Hildred Wall Junior. Might I add? 
the forty-six point eight seven two million dollar man. Yeah, that's a player option. He and play. that's just in 2022, 2023. He's gonna make a whole lot of money before then. His contract doubles from this year to next year. Doubles. It's unbelievable. Holy shit. He's not even going to play next year for most of the year. Actually, the whole year. He's not playing the whole year next year. Next year, they're going to be spending $72 million. Sorry, $73 million on Jan Mahimni, John Wall, and Jabari Parker. Oh, they can get out of Jabari Parker. Oh, that's a team option. Nice. All right. They're, they're spending, stupid, so they might keep him. But they're spending fifty-four million dollars on Jan Mahimni and John Wall. Big oof. That's nuts. Big oof. That's nuts. Jan Mahimni, who might add, has literally lost him a playoff series. Like, 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 not figuratively. They, he literally couldn't cover Kelly Olenek. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. One of the greatest moments is this. Now, maybe it's the, the coach's fault, too. I don't know. So maybe it's not literally his fault, but close enough. Jesus. Yeah, this team doesn't really have much options. They kind of got to wait out the John Wall contract. They got to try to keep Bradley Beal happy because if you're waiting on the John Wall contract, you're not going to have cap space. You got to keep Bradley Beal. I don't know. I don't know what else you do. Uh, you just try to make the playoffs, try to you know make fans excited, try to raise that $10 ticket price uh, by getting a little excitement in D.C. I don't know. It's it's pretty funny that they'll have one, two, three, uh, or like five contracts next year, and there's still 0% chance they get a legit max guy to come, to come there and play. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it was pretty telling. Uh, at, at when, when when Katie first became a free agent, that he didn't even like think about joining the, the Wizards, his his hometown team, and uh, now he probably thinks about them even less. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just find it so funny. Like, I wouldn't find it fun for like teams' misery, but I, but that this team and that fan base used to talk so much shit to our Celtics. Like I feel like they were the ones that started the fake one seed crap. Might have been Toronto because their fans are also really hate the Celtics for some reason. Um, but that's just why I enjoy this a little bit more too. Is like they came out the Celtics so much with their run of their mouths, players, fans, you name it. And uh, well, well, good luck, good luck, Wizards, good luck. There's nothing more you can... I mean, you you, you got to try to trade Bradley Beal, right? And just completely bottom out. And tank, maybe. You got to wait a while. I would say that, but the John Wall contract is so long. Right, if a rookie you draft this summer, he gets a four-year deal. He literally will be getting his next deal this summer as John Wall's contract is up. Oh, that's fucking... So you can't even like draft the guy and then build around his cheap contract like you see in the uh, in the NFL and stuff like that where you're like, oh shit, 
This dude only takes up $10 million in cap space, even though he's great. Like, like what's going to happen with Luka is that uh, the Mavericks are going to be able to build this great team around him because he's only making $10 million a year or whatever he's making. So I don't know. I think I think you wait a little bit before you trade Bradley Beal and blow up. Um, but it, it's kind of tough. I mean, if this is, you know... John Wall's not even making that max money, and they're sitting at 11th in the East right now. Like, like, what is this going to look like going forward? Can you even make the playoffs next year? I don't know. No, John Wall's not playing next year. Well, I don't think – is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, considering who they have on the team, and during, they'll probably get really no good free agents, probably a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. Support Wizards. Um I think Charlotte has one of the most interesting conversations. Uh, sorry, interesting questions. This before summer. we go there, what do we set the over under at on um, how much John Wall weighs when he actually does come back in the NBA? We get to that. High, 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 high. He's six four. What did that? You think like two thirty five? Over. Nah, I don't know. Over that, you think? No, nah, I don't know. I, I that's probably two thirty two thirty five is quite substantial. I feel like that's a good over under. Yeah. But yeah, let, let's let's move on to the Hornets though. But yeah, I think they have the most one of the most fascinating questions in the entire league. Do you give Kemba his max? You give literally the, the the only franchise player we had since like Alonzo Mourning. He only played shot for like what, like three years? Not long. That's tough. I don't know because you're in cap hell if you max Kemba. But is anyone else maxing him? Maybe not. Maybe you don't need to. But I think I feel like with Kemba, I feel like Kemba might want something new, and I feel like he might take less money to go elsewhere. Like I foresee him taking like a twenty-six million dollar a year deal with the Knicks. That's what I honestly, to God, see happening this summer. Oh, that bring back all the feels of Kemba and MSG. Just you can't. Like I, I, I just see that happening. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you, you do. Um, I think, I think the sure smart thing to do is to just you let Kemba go. Say thanks for the years. You just completely bottom the fuck out. You try to trade Cody Zeller's contract. Maybe you just can't really take out more money. Cap hell. For the most part, yeah. And they got player options on Yambo, Marvin Williams, and Bill Crisp. They're all gonna pick those up. They'll pay him between twenty-five million dollars. What is LR for? Yeah, it's tough. I I really feel bad for this team, um, because they they had that that really fun year. I think they were like a five seed or something. They might have even been higher than that. You know when they sell Lynn and. uh I think Bismarck Biombo had a good playoff run for them or something, and like 
or maybe it was Jan Mahomny was one of the two. I don't remember. I think Ms. it was. Yumbo has never was, had a good playoff run. This might be had that one good playoff run for the Raptors, and then it sucked ass ever since. There was all right, all right. Let me let me look up that good that good that one good Hornets year because it was that year where they had a good team and they just all of a sudden everybody was up for new contracts and they had to overpay everybody to get them to stay and like they had to let Lynn walk like they literally had to because they didn't have his rights and all that shit and I wish that team could have just stayed together a little bit long because it was fun it was nice for the city of Charlotte, um, but um, Michael Jordan out here giving lay GM a run for his money as. Greatest player to suck at picking, picking players. Yeah. <laughs> Was it 2013, 2014? I don't know. Uh, let me find the year. Um, but, um, I don't know. It's just a shame because this team really doesn't have. Yeah, they were a six seed. Okay, they weren't even that good. I they went forty eight and thirty four. That was you that like Charlotte, Boston, Atlanta, and Miami all tied yeah. for the two seed. Like forty eight thirty four is a good record. Like five eighty five win percentage. And so that team had. Uh, that was Kaminsky's rookie year. They had like Batum, really good year. Uh, Spencer Hawes, nice role player. Like Al Jefferson, I think that was a good Al Jefferson year. Like, it was just a shame they couldn't really keep that team together. You know, Courtney Lee. I forgot. Yeah, it was Courtney Lee and Jeremy Lin. They couldn't. They literally couldn't pay either. Um, they had to let him mock. But uh, yeah, like if it was that team, I'd say keep it. But this this team has to blow up, right? Like, if yeah. they need to wait till all these contracts are done in a year. Then. I'm just trying to think. It's tough to get in Kemp, Kemba's headspace. Like I don't want to, like, I don't want to presume what he wants to do or anything. But I wouldn't be opposed to just paying him a fuck ton of money these next two years, put him on the same contract like timeline as Cody Zeller and Nick Batum, and then after after you're done with that, and, like truly like rebuild, you'll you'll still have a year left of. Miles Bridges on his rookie contract, who's been been as good as they could have possibly hoped for. I feel just like yeah. as a spark plug off the bench. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that's the greatest possible outcome for this team is just give Kemba Walker a shit ton of money for two years. Like, hey man, we won't want you these next two years, and you'll you'll still be what thirty years old. You can still get a decent contract after that, go to a contender or whatever. I I don't I don't think any actual contender is gonna. Have the money to give Kemba like a contract he'll want. I I I don't know if he wants to go to like a shit team, be the man there again. That he might line that might line Kemba up for ten years, ten years of service, which is like the big threshold. No, uh, I think I, it does. Could be wrong. What year was he drafted? Yeah, actually, ten seems a bit extreme. But it would get him closer. Oh no! Actually, that's right on ten. That, that's right on ten. If he takes two more years after this, that's what I thought. Because usually that's what it is. It's you get a four-year deal, a four-year deal, and then yeah, two I, more. I messed up. Gets you the big one. Um, I thought it was nine, but you're right. It's ten. So 
maybe it will appeal to Kemba. I mean, he's not getting the full max at 30 unless there's some stupid team that wants to give it to him. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's interesting. We'll see how that works going forward. I do. I feel like he kind of likes being the man. Yeah. I just feel like MSG and Knicks. I could just see the Knicks getting one but not two and then going, all right, Kemba, here, come here and play with us. Yeah, obviously, obviously if they offer him like a max, like five years, whatever. Yeah, he'd take it. He'd take it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they'll do that. I think that would be a mistake on the Knicks part. Yeah, it would be. Um, it's it's been talked about so much that I like in the media and stuff, like how stupid that would be and how everyone's like joking that like, that's gonna happen, like how maybe that's stupid. Yeah, I'm just like don't, don't actually do that. All right, for this next team, I'm gonna engage the audience members. Raise your hand if you thought the Magic would be sitting at number nine right now in the East before the season. Yeah, no one's raising their hand right now. Or they're lying. I don't know. Like, fair play to the Magic, honestly. I mean, I know it's the 9 in the East, and they're only 30 and 36, but I didn't think they'd be there. No, I mean, I expected them to do the Magic thing, where they like just, like, completely crater, you know what I'm saying? Like, a little cratering. Not gonna lie. But being in a position to possibly make the playoffs, that's a good sign. Yeah. I think it'd be good for them to get swept by, by the Bucks in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, just get these guys some experience. I mean, they actually have an All Star this year. It's a, it's a year yeah. Unfortunately, that All Star is a free agent. But yeah, what are you gonna do? They could resign him. I mean, I don't know if if they should, but they could. <laughs> they definitely could. Um, but I mean, Isaac Bamba. Uh, Fultz who can now be hidden away from the Philadelphia media and Aaron Gordon. That's that's a fun little young core there. It, Aaron Gordon's only 23. It's fun until you realize Jonathan Isaac and Mobamba were probably the most overhyped uh, two players coming out of college in quite some time. That's true. Um, very true. And it's funny, I, I, I can imagine like the same analysts are the same ones that really hyped them both up. Oh, oh, 100%. Like, they, they had talks about being like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I, there was, I don't remember the guy's name, but. Like, look at their wingspan. Look at yeah. how big their hands are. It hit three. <laughs> um, you can't. They're actually a lot worse on defense than you thought they were. And, you know, I think, look at that. Oh, I, I don't know. There's still assets right now. Which is, I don't know. I I almost think, I almost like them to trade one of, if not both of them, to try to get some a piece that actually fits in their team or future assets. Or to, I don't know. Because I don't... I don't see them really... Obviously, they have not great contract and like the Moscow contract they still have. I don't, I don't see like a huge need to get off of that because it's like, who are you signing? Who's coming to Orlando? Yeah. Yeah, just build with what they got. I'm trying to look it up right now. I believe 
Jonathan Sharks. Yes, he did. Jonathan Sharks. Let me just read you his his 2017 mock draft. Can I do it, please? Please enlighten me. Marco Fultz, Lonzo Ball, one, two. Okay. Uh-huh. Jonathan Isaac at three. OG at four. Josh Jackson at five. Dennis Smith at six. De'Aaron Fox at seven. Malik Monk at eight. Huh. Wait, who, 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 who if I said, oh yeah, we had Jason Tatum at number nine. Shit. Like, yeah, I know Donovan Mitchell, but like Donovan Mitchell, no one had him there, so I'm not going to blame him. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine. Yeah. Mo Bamba. I, like, sorry, I Jonathan Isaac at three. OG and Anobi at four. Having OG up at four, like, it, it doesn't look as, it doesn't look that bad now, to be perfectly honest with you. But, like, there's not sliding him anywhere. Anywhere close to like top five, it's ludicrous at the time. And now, I was so at the time, it was so ludicrous at the time. I don't know, like at the time, not everyone was like consensus, like he's number three pick, but it was consensus, like top five pick. That's, that's weird. All right, he had he had Obama at 11, though, at least. Not so, so there we go. That way, we're not just picking on Jonathan Sharks. He had Luka Dodge at number one this past year. He learned from his mistakes. Jared Jackson, number two. You know, Miles Bridges at four. So he learned, he learned right. Shea Gilgis at yeah. seven. He all had bad years. Yeah, he looks like he did pretty good this year, honestly. He had Kevin Knox all the way down at 13, which is better than most people. So, so I don't want to hate on Jonathan Sharks, but I just remember how high he was on Jonathan Isaac and how low he was in Tatum, and I needed to bring it up because I haven't in years. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's always very confusing to me when we, when we see these people just get enamored with these big men who aren't, like, dominating college games. Because, like, if you're going to dominate a, a college game, you're probably you should you should be a big man because like you going up against like how often are you going up against like other seven footers? No, usually it's like the other opposing centers like six eight, six nine, six ten. Yeah, you or better be not... doing DeAndre eight level shit if you're a center. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're that big, you should be <laughs> fucking. You should look like fucking like Wilt Chamberlain out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's move on then, yeah. But, but wait, Jonathan Isaac, he could have played like small forward though, so maybe he wasn't listening. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. All right, Heat though. I mean, Heat. Huh. Bring uh, up their payroll. It's a lot of guys that are in their late 20s that are making money this year and next year and some even the year after that. It's a whole lot of, hey, look at this contract. We could definitely package two of these together and trade it for a star. Oh, wait. There's no star available, and we don't have any assets to actually go with these people? Fuck. 
Yeah. I mean, they're locked into this team next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even the yeah. year after that. The year know. after that, for the most part, yeah. I mean, we said it, we've said this about the Heat for the past, like, two years, I feel. Just a whole lot of guys where you're like, I kind of like that guy. That contract's a little too much. It's not the worst contract, but it's a little too much. Yeah, Pat Riley's lost his fastball. Huh? Yeah. Because I, I praised him earlier in this podcast. And uh, hasn't really done great the past couple summers. Now, granted, there's been a whole lot worse, so he doesn't... I shouldn't shit on him too much, especially considering what he's done in the past. But uh, as of right now, tough look. Tough look. Yeah, because like Dion Waiters isn't that bad for twelve point six million, but when like he's blocking you from signing free agents in like cooperation with other guys like Kelly Olynyk making some more money, just like yeah, you can't sign a free agent because you're overpaying us. Like, not really. A good thing. Like Holy they have shit. some high paid guys that are overpaid and then a lot of mid tier guys that are just slightly overpaid, but when you have too many of them it's a problem. Well, at least we get to enjoy the Adonis has and farewell tour this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heat legend, Adonis Haslam. Oh. Played for the Heat his entire NBA career. Yeah. You say yeah, NBA because I know he played like overseas for like a couple of years too. Yeah, he did. Only only one year though, or two. It's like one. Yeah, he's been there. Close my mind. I knew his son Whiteside was like older. I was like twenty seven. He's fucking twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty nine. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, this team has a lot of bad bad money. Dude, you're yeah. younger than Ryan Anderson. Yeah, Ryan Anderson looks like he's forty five. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. He, I, I think they're just on their track of being an eight seed the next couple of years, and then maybe Riley entrusts the GM position to someone else, and he moves like further away, but still kind of there, and they can figure it that way. But this is a project for the long term, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it, it it's a longer term uh, situation where you just want to kind of still compete, still stay relevant, try to keep. Spolster there, so when you actually do have cap space, you can use the allure of Miami to actually sign. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is one of those teams, like the Lakers, like the Knicks, like even the Rockets, I think, that should just keep the cap space open as much as they can. Like, people want to play there. Yeah. Just, you know, I, for, for the next two years, try to get the eighth seed. Just let Derek Jones Jr. dunk on pools. You know, Florida hype. might have no income tax, too, by the way. Yeah, it. I don't think it does. Yeah, no income tax, no state income tax. Yeah. So that's why I put Houston in there as well, because Houston is a big city with no income tax. Miami, very desirable, no income tax. State, state, of course, state, state. It, it is pretty funny how both those states have numerous teams, but in reality, there's not not every team in that state. Is on equal footing as far as attracting free agents. Yeah, yeah, but basketball, I think, probably the most competent state. I mean, three of the, the marquee franchises, honestly, in terms of just being good for a while. 
Texas. Texas, yeah. I mean, yeah. No. I'm, I mean, just remember, like, back in, like, ever since, like, the mid-2000s, like, you know, it always used to be a big deal if you were, like, an East, East team going to Texas. Like, you win all three games. That's a big That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, all three of championships um, in not even that distant of memory. I guess the Rockets, it's been a while, but. But they've been like really competitive in so many of those years. They didn't win a championship since then. They've had great players come through. A lot of great players come through. It's good. I kind of, I kind of wish there was a way for the Heat to just like kind of blow it up this summer, like for a year, while still. Even like they don't even have like players. Like if you just get Justice Winslow, like Bam Adebayo, like keep them, have them like featured. You know, like maybe they do good things, but that's just too many contracts to move. Yeah, too many guys blocking Bam. I feel on that team. Yeah, I, I like him still. Like he, I thought he was much better as a rookie than this year, and I think a lot of that's kind of opportunity. Yeah. Maybe much is a bit extreme, but. Certainly better. No, it was also more of a surprise his rookie year, I feel. That surprise factor always comes into play. A surprise to a degree. I feel like we all kinda like Bam, but Yeah, we definitely we definitely thought he'd he'd be like solid, but I think he, he surprised us as far as just being like it was legitimate talk of like oh, like could we actually just give him the Hassan White tip minutes? Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um all right, we got we got two more teams left. Um, these are these aren't particularly interesting either. Um, but the Nets, the Nets are doing like Nets things, which is now a good thing. I feel like <laughs> I was going to say like Nets Nets things in in recent memories, not not good things. But like these Nets with uh, Kenny Atkinson and uh, Sean Marks, the third GM, right? Or is it yes. Bobby? Bob Bobby's ESPN's like shoe guy, right? And no, he's the NBA insider. Yeah, and Sean, Sean is the GM. Yes, that's yep. right. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, they got a couple of good young players there, and they just seem to be doing good things. They have cap space. Cap space. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, I mean, like like this summer, like the only bad contract really is, is Alan Crabb, and if that's your only bad contract and it's one year, you can trade that. To clear it, if you really needed to. Like one year, nineteen million for Alan Crabb is movable, if they needed it this summer. And I don't think they'll have to move that. I don't think they'll have to either, because I think at most they're they're going to sign one free agent, if that. Um, I, I still think their best opportunity this summer. Obviously, if Katie's like, yeah, I want to be a net for some strange reason, you do it. But I still think the best thing they could do this summer is take him some bad money for some picks. Because I don't think they're quite ready to compete. I mean, maybe maybe you sound like Tobias Harris or something, and you go for it now. I feel like Russell, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Ryan Hollis Jefferson, Dinwiddie, that, that, that core. But either way, I, I think they'll make the right decision, and I don't think either can be, like, scoffed at. I legitimately think it would be very interesting to see Kevin Durant go to the Nets. Because I think if he goes to the Nets, literally the only, like, 
fan base that will like actually hate him is like the Knicks teams. Like, why don't you just come to the Knicks? Whereas like everyone else in the league will be like, oh look, he's going to the Nets, a fun young team. Like, I like Kevin Durant again. He's gonna help try to carry this team. It'll be fun. I like that. Yeah, medium will certainly treat him better. I think. Yeah, and he still gets to live in New York. Absolutely. Oh. I, I, apparently, I, I'm not in New York City, but I, I think Brooklyn is more desirable to live in right now than, than any part of New York. I think that's like people like living in Brooklyn right now. I think more NBA players live in Brooklyn uh, than other parts of the city now. I think. Could be wrong about that. Well, but NBA players are also kind of weird. Like, plenty of them, like, in plenty of their cities, like, they don't live, like, next to, like, the stadium and practice facilities. Like, not even live like an hour away. I've heard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which I guess, like, I don't know, us normal folk, an hour commute, not great. NBA folk, hour commute in insert random super expensive car, probably fun. Yeah, they they probably have a driver too if they want, or yeah. drive themselves if they want. Like, you could sit in the back and play Xbox the whole time if you really wanted to, you know. Yeah. Or they could just be like. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going home. I'm just get a fucking hotel like right next to the practice facility overnight. Yeah, that too. That too. Damn, it pays to be rich. <laughs> Must be nice. But yeah, I mean, what else do we have to say about the Nets? You know, uh, the big question is uh, the resign D'Angelo Russell though. They, I think they do, right? They have to. You have to. I mean, I mean, you you took on this this guy. Everyone thought. Was just kind of almost like a lost cause. You turn around, he's a fucking all star, and like he seems to love Brooklyn. The fans embrace him, and I don't know. He he just he seems like he should be a net for for a long time. It's the perfect market for him because he's he's exciting enough. He's got you know big market attitude, and this is like a a pseudo big market, whereas it's not too much of the spotlight is on him. Yeah, right. I think there are certain teams. Where you gotta be, you gotta be gunning for the championship all the time. I think Philly, Boston, Lakers come to mind, and that, like, you either you either tank and blow it up, or you compete for a championship. There's real no in between. The Knicks should be in there, but the Knicks should be, but they're not. Brooklyn is certainly not, though. Brooklyn, I think, I think, if they're just a six-five seed, whatever for. The next three or four years, as they try to build stuff, and and maybe they, maybe they clear cap space inside a free agent one year and and go higher, maybe not. But I think that's worth it for them. Yeah. Just because they they've suffered so much the past couple of years. Um. But whatever they do, I think they'll 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 do it smart. They they got a good head on their shoulders right now. So. Uh, good time to be a Nets fan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Full time. Yeah. All there. Yeah. No, maybe recent Honda, Ronda Hollis Jefferson. And besides that, pretty much all like actual like contributing players are under contract for next year. Yeah. Below Ronda Hollis, those are like the only people that aren't. That Joe Harris, Harris Levert. Uh, space Jared Allen. Oh. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of just plug and play. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last team. 
The fist. 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 The heck? Uh, what? What the heck do they do? Try to trade Reggie Jackson. Yes. Again, this team sort of. They just started accruing bad but not terrible deals over the couple of years. They just kept adding more like, that's not terrible. Like, there's worse. It's not Timothy Mozgov, Joakim Noah level of bad. Like, Mike Galloway's contract, John Lewis, Reggie Jackson's, Andre Drummond's. We're all like, yeah, I wouldn't pay him that much, but it's not terrible. And they just kept doing that until they had a team full of those guys and no real shot of winning. So, until they got to this spot. I mean, the the Blake Griffin trade, we thought might be an absolute disaster for them. Has it turned out the worst, to be honest with you? Especially after getting um, the man Casey for head coach. I, I think it's kind of not like a win for them. It's far from it. It definitely feels like a like a defensible move. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. I just think this team needs to get lucky and hit on like a mid-first one of these years. Oh, that's just so unlucky. Because they've missed on so many. Can you imagine drafting Luke Kennard and then Donovan Mitchell gets drafted right after? Yeah. Just... I, I like Luke Grenard, too. Yeah, but that's a tough look. Absolutely a tough look. But, yeah, this team, as you said, I think I think you got to either trade Reggie Jackson or just let him hope, you know, wait and then let him walk and then try to find a, a better point guard. Um, Someone that can get, like, Drummond and Griffin the ball and run pick and rolls with them and like. Or you just you know you don't even need a point guard. Just get someone who shoots and just let like Griffin run the offense. Just run a bunch of four or five pick and rolls. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I don't know. Definitely wait. Like I, I just believe in doing Casey. To be honest, so I think there's ways they make this work next year. I, I do, I do hope there's some movement though. Specifically, I think we're just let it go. In an alternate universe, could Blake Griffin just be, like, better Al Horford right now? Like, I don't think he'd ever be as good of a defender, but, like, couldn't he be playing that role on some really good team right now? He bought in, probably. Yeah, you're right. He'd have to buy in, like Al does. Like, he 100% has... But they're has not that set. dissimilar of players. No. Especially not at their current stage. Yeah, yeah, definitely this stage. Like, Blake's probably a better rebounder, and Al's probably a better passer, but Blake is still a really good passer. I, I, would, I would disagree with that. Yeah, Blake might be better. Al's probably a better long-distance shooter, maybe. Yeah, but even uh, definitely off, off, off the catch. Off the catch, but Blake can shoot off that bounce quite, quite well nowadays. Al is definitely a better defender, though, as you said. Yeah, so defense is really the only thing Al has on him. And then, you know, the bottom part. Defense, spot-up shooting. Uh, yeah. 
it, that, that's probably that's probably about it. Well, other little really specific nuanced things I'm not thinking of right now, but probably just a better like faster decision maker on the post and stuff. But yeah, there's there's nothing in the big categories I'd say he's better at. Yeah. So like like Blake could be doing that role. Like, what if Blake was on like Toronto right now? If if Toronto like didn't trade for Mark Gasol and instead somehow got Blake Griffin, yeah, like like that'd be really interesting. He could do some work for that team. Um, and so I think he could do some work for this team too. It's just kind of tough playing next to a traditional center so much. I don't know, and I I don't hate, I don't hate Andre Drummond to be honest with you. I think he I gets a lot of shit, which is kind of unwarranted. Like we know what Andre Drummond is, he's good at what he does, and like, I don't know. I still give him credit, like last year, for like improving his free throws like so dramatically. Yeah, oh yeah, makes oh. makes fifty eight percent now, down from last year where he was at sixty. Like that's a real thing. Fifty eight percent is a lot better than like what was it like thirty eight before? Yep. At one point. Yep. Oh. Before that, it was thirty five. Yeah. You you went from Lonzo Ball level to like I don't know passable center level because at that point he was two point six for seven point two per game. Two point six makes seven point two shots yeah. from the free throw line per game. So I don't want to play Blake Griffin next to a traditional center. You did trade for Thon Maker. Yeah, <sighs> it's not traditional though. There's nothing traditional about Thon. That's what I said. If you don't want to play in oh. the traditional center, play him as the Thon maker. Good veteran presence. <laughs> Good veteran presence. Jesus. Um, uh, they're fine, though. Pistons, they're fine. They'll, they'll probably be where they are now for the next couple of years. <clears throat> Maybe if they figure out the point guard position, they can get a little bit higher. As I said, I think this team is really desperate to hit on a mid-first. This team hasn't hit many draft picks just recently at all. Besides Andre Drummond at the sixth spot, this team just really hasn't drafted well. Yeah, I mean, you get through next year, cap space opens up uh, a little bit. You still got Blake Griffin under contract. And his his current game will age really okay. If he continues to improve the jumper, It it shouldn't be terrible. I don't know. There's just some hope hope looking forward. Just next year, like I said, the only thing you can really hope for is getting off Richie Jackson's contract. Oh. I mean, just getting off. I just think he's addition by subtraction at this point. He, yeah, he could be. He could be. You know, it'd be fun if some of these teams could just like... Like, what if you just trade, like, Reggie Jackson somehow for John Wall? You just got some salary to match it, and, like, just, like, now my problem is your problem, your problem is my problem. Yeah, one of those problems is a lot bigger than the other problem. Yeah, what, one of those problems is a lot bigger, a lot bigger, but... In, in more ways than one. In more ways than one. That's true. Um, but sometimes I feel like the change is sooner. I, it doesn't for John Wall, but, yeah, you know, I could see him, you know, trading for someone like that, some piece that doesn't really work somewhere and I don't know. Could happen. So I guess that, that does it for basketball, right? That's all the teams we want to talk about today? Yeah, that, that pretty much covers the teams that kinda of, kinda of in limbo, kinda of certain moves you want to see them make or just complete 
overhauls. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the Champions League kind of a little bit quickly. Uh, even though we actually went pretty long in this episode, I was not expecting that. But I should have because it's us. And someone yeah. we managed to spend an hour and a half talking about. Um, God knows what. But um, anyways, Champions League. Uh, Real Madrid knocked out of the Champions League. Uh, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's like the pa- they're, they're the Patriots of the Champions League, Anthony. Everybody hates them, yet they win every year. And so for them to lose the year, everybody makes it out to be Ronaldo. It's not just because they don't have Ronaldo anymore. Um, they failed to replace so many, so many aging players. Um, and yeah, I, Real Madrid's got a long rebuild ahead of them. And if they make Jose Mourinho president uh, or coach, like has been rumored, boy, they're in a world of trouble. Um, which is fun for me, fun for people that don't really like Real Madrid and like to see him suffer. So that's that. And then PSG continues to be the world's greatest choke artist in the Champions League. I don't know how they managed to, to top themselves year after year with the choke jobs. Uh, somehow they manage it. Um, so they lose to United uh, somehow. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We got. In the quarterfinals, some of we have Tottenham, Manchester United, Porto, and Ajax. That's four of your eight quarterfinalists. Uh, that's weird. That's just weird that those are the four. Uh, I mean, Tottenham's a really good team, but United's not that great. Porto's not that great, and Ajax is not that great either. So we'll see. It should be a fun year, a different year, certainly for the Champions League. So looking forward to next week's games and, uh, yeah, it's a fun time of year. Really, really, this is when soccer heats up. So, yeah, good stuff there. When does it end? Champions League? Yeah. Okay. So, like, are there games next week? And then they take, like, a break? And then more games? Or is it, like, every week now? Nah, there's breaks in between. Because it, it's got to fit in with the league schedule. Um, That's what I thought. That's why I, it's always very confusing. To me. Yeah, it is. It is. Um but yeah, it, it, it's good. We got some some good games next week as well. Um, uh, all the Ronaldo stands that are going. Oh, look! Look what happens when you lose Ronaldo. Well, guess what? Ronaldo's about to get knocked out with Juventus. So go figure. Looks like Ronaldo isn't the key to winning Champions League. There's actually, you know, you need a left back like Marcelo, who was world class and now isn't, or. Uh, you need really good center backs who you used to have, but now never replace the aging ones and yada yada yada. Um, but yeah, Munich, Munich, Liverpool, big game. Uh, Juventus, Atletico, see if Juventus can make the comeback. Uh, Barcelona and City should advance quite easily. And then, you know, from there you have, you're down to eight and anything can happen really. Uh, so, yeah, good good stuff there in my opinion. Cool. Also, uh, it's, it was a couple of weeks ago, but Arsenal lost to... Uh, to um, I'm going to tell you this team name, and you tell me. You tell me. Actually, I just told you they're a team, but you tell me if this is a team or a tractor factory, okay? Okay. Bait Borislav. What? 
beat Borislav? Is that our soccer team or a tractor factory? When I guess like mid sixties Russian like third party candidate. No, that's what yeah. it sounds like. No, it's both. It's both. It's a football team built built out of a tractor factory. Uh, and Arsenal also advanced, but lost one 0 to them in a game. Um, uh, so that was quite fun as well. Not in the Champions League because Arsenal's not good enough for the Champions League. That was the Europa League. So, league. yeah, there is a lot of leagues. There's a lot of leagues, but, but, yeah. Um. So yeah, that that does it for me. Do you have anything else to add? Austin prayers to Tiger Woods' neck. Okay. Uh. Anything else, or? Oh, that's about it. That's all, all right. I care about right now. Cool. Cool. Just cool. get better. Just get. Just get better for the Masters. Peace. Yes. Yes. Um. So yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Uh. Yeah. I mean, next time we see you guys, probably be some NFL because, uh, free agency was. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll for that. A lot of a lot of big names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you later